Hello and welcome to another episode of the Speaking Broadly podcast. Today I'm sat down with Hiri Broadly and we're going to go through looking at what really cold calling is and how to make sure you are best prepared when you speak to someone. Getting yourself out there and finding new business is the key to building clients and winning new customers. This means you're having to engage with people you've never spoken to before and, you know, they've probably never heard about you. It's cold calling and it's one of the most profitable ways of generating new business. Now, Hillary, you and I have both seen the articles on LinkedIn saying that cold calling is dead and just doesn't work in the modern day. And you and I both know this isn't true. What advice can you give to someone that is facing the element of having to cold call and getting over the stigma that surrounds it? My advice is you've got to embrace it. Um, and you've got to find a way to, to frame that part of your role in which you can feel excited about it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, cold calling and whether or not you're successful at it, I think, boils down largely to your, your mental approach and your mental attitude towards it. And you alone can choose your attitude. You're either going to do this with energy and passion and conviction or don't bother. How can you be proud of cold calling? It's it's something that not a lot of people like to do. It's also something that a small amount of people do enjoy doing. So how, how can you be proud of it? Well, you know, at the end of the day, what I say to my team and I say have to say to myself, and I think this is part of getting ready to do this mentally, is that actually this is one of the most important um, parts of the sales process. If you think about it, you know, first impressions do count. If you are cold calling and you are making that first approach to a potential new prospect, the result could be thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds, even million pounds in terms of contract and sales value. So that first step, that first introduction is hugely significant. And it's a very significant responsibility that you hold. Lots of people, you know, dumb down cold calling or telemarketing or prospecting, whatever you want to call it. You know, and and I think we may come on to this later, but what's really interesting is that on the one hand, you know, you might, a business might think, well, it's just cold calling. I'll put somebody young and inexperienced on it because they've just got to make hundreds of calls, you know. Um, But at the same time, they, they pass it down the line to someone with you know not enough experience to do the job, but at the same time they have huge expectations about what that cold calling is going to deliver, and that's a really weird you know a dichotomy going on there. So so actually you know I would say to people you need to choose your attitude, be mentally prepared, and be proud of what you're doing because actually it's the first step to what could be a hugely profitable new piece of business for your your company. I noticed you said one thing there, which is some people often pass it down to to someone lower down the ranks of them. What advice could you give to someone who thinks cold calling is just plain below them or or just isn't really necessary? Uh, Well, get over yourself would be a start. (laughs) Um, You you also mentioned earlier the fact that there's a lot of people saying now that, you know, cold calling is dead and it's not necessary. Why, Why bother cold calling someone if you can email them or link in with them or engage with them on Twitter? You know, social media and digital media is great and it's absolutely crucial in helping you identify and engage with potential prospects. But at the end of the day, you know, we all know and every piece of research says that the best way to sell is to be in front of someone and be face to face with them and talk to them and see them and engage with them in a two-way conversation. The second best way, if you can't do that face to face in person, is to do it over the phone, to have that two-way conversation, to have a debate, to overcome objections, to change perceptions, to engage and influence. So, you know, 
It's not beneath anyone. It's a critical part of any business person's um, skill set. If you're a managing director of an SME or the director of a small business, you should be absolutely ready to do your fair share of cold calling. Because in, in essence, all it is, is one business person talking to another. It's you reaching out to someone who you may be able to do business with them and exploring that opportunity. Why is that beneath anyone? Let's give an example then. I've, I'm the owner of a small company. I'm, I'm ready to make my first call, or I think I'm ready. Mm. What things, what type of preparation should I have done to make sure that when I speak to the person I need to speak to, I'm not stumbling, I'm not wondering what to say, I know exactly what I've got to do to get them hooked. Well, you, you've said the key word there, which is preparation. And actually, if I was giving advice to someone, I mean, I think the first thing to do that most people don't do is prepare thoroughly. Um, don't underestimate the size of the task. You know, we just talked about how important first impressions are but also you know your chances of success in a cold call come down largely to the preparation you do before you pick up the phone so most calls are probably won or lost before you've even picked up the phone it's about how you mentally prepare to make that call it's about how much you know and have researched the person you're about to call and um there's no excuse these days for not having done that preparation. When I started calling, too many years ago to mention, you know, if I wanted to research an organisation or an individual before I phoned them, well, I have no idea how I'd have really researched an individual. Um, you know, I could ask around, I could maybe find out a little bit, I could go to the library to research an organisation. I'm not exaggerating, you know, we had no internet, we had no Google. Um, we could maybe read the trade press, but at the end of the day, there were reasons why I could only know so much before I made that call. But these days, there are no excuses. You can very quickly find out what you need to know before you make the call. So one, prepare your, make sure you know your product, make sure you have thought about what you want to say, make sure you've anticipated what might be coming your way and what they might say back to you um, and, and prepare yourself mentally which again we can go into more later but mentally being ready for the call is absolutely critical because if you're going in there expecting you're going to make one call and you're going to get straight through and that person is going to be delighted to hear from you and give you all the information you want, you're going to be severely disappointed. But if you expect that realistically you might have to make 10 call attempts before you speak to anyone, then you may be, you know, that's more likely to happen. You won't be disappointed. Um, so when I speak to clients and they say, oh, I can't get through to this person, you know, I've tried and tried. And I say, well, how many times have you tried? Well, I phoned them once last week and I tried them again yesterday. That's not enough, you know. So you have got to be ready to be persistent and you've got to be ready to um, face whatever comes your way when they pick up the phone. We can come back to that, I expect. Yeah, we probably will. Um, so you've, you've picked the phone up, you've prepared yourself as much as you can and sometimes it won't go your way. Sometimes the client just flat out won't want to speak to you or they are rude to you over the phone. How do you get over the weight of rejection? How do you make sure that one bad call doesn't affect the rest of your day? Firstly, accept the fact that you're going to get plenty of rejection and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so I've just mentioned that you might make 10 calls and you might get one um, what we might call effective call, where you know you get through to someone and you have a meaningful conversation. That means you're going to have nine rejections. 
they're not, you know, don't take it personally. Um, we're talking business sales calls here. So, you know, you're calling people that you've researched. You're calling people, um, if you've done your homework, that you're pretty confident are likely to be interested um, and have a need for the proposition and your product or service. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not that they are personally rejecting you. It just may be, and it's quite likely, in fact, that nine out of ten of those won't be available at the moment, won't have an immediate need, already have something, you know, that you have to offer. Um, so, firstly, be prepared for rejection. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it will happen. You don't need everyone to say yes. You just need your fair percentage of people to say yes. Um, so, so that's the first thing. Um, and secondly... If you want every call to be a positive call, then think about what you want to get out of that call in advance. So I was speaking to um, a client the other day and they were saying to me, you know, the thing is, is that I only really want to speak to people who have live projects, you know, if they're looking to implement my solution in the next 12 months. But what happens if they haven't? They'll just say no, you know. And I said to them, well, don't call them and ask them, do you have a live project? Because is that all you're interested in? And of course, it's not. What they really want to do is they want to call them and they want to establish a relationship. They want to build a long-term relationship. If they have a project in the next 12 months, great, but maybe they'll have a project in 24 months, in which case there's still plenty to talk about. There's still plenty of opportunity to get to know each other in that time. So... Think about your broader objectives. Um, there's lots of other things you can get out of a call apart from an immediate sale or an immediate sales appointment. Um, and that way, it means that every call you make, you make a little bit of progress towards the end result. You'll get less rejection. That's a fantastic way of looking at it. So we've worked with loads of companies here, broadly speaking. Could you give us an example of a mistake you've seen another company make in their outbound lead generation and how we have helped them overcome that? Uh, yes, there, there are plenty, but, it, but, it, <laughs> but, it, but it's actually, you know, there are some simple things which, um, you know, I've talked to colleagues and other business colleagues um, and they'll say, you know, we do our own lead generation, but we find it very difficult. Um, we can't, arguably, we, you know, maybe we can't keep people. Um, they don't enjoy what they do and they don't stay. So we train someone up, they stay for a couple of months and then they leave. Or we just have a team that just are not effective or sometimes an individual. So one of the key things that goes wrong is that, as I mentioned earlier, you might, as a business owner, think, OK, I need somebody to do my lead generation. You might cast your eye around the office and look at a likely suspect, someone in your team who could do lead generation. And the trouble is partly because of what you mentioned earlier, that lots of people think it's beneath them or don't want to do it. And the main reason for that, you know, is just that they're worried and they're scared. It's not that they don't want to do it. They're afraid that they can't do it. And, um, of course, that is surmountable. But basically, they look around the office and they think, who could do this? So most people are trying to avert their eyes and not catch their eyes so that they don't get asked to do it. And in the end, they may seriously ask somebody or, or just assign the task to somebody who isn't necessarily equipped to do it. So unless you have put your hand up and said, I really like the idea of cold calling and lead generation, and also I have the skill set, by the way, you know, why would you appoint them to do this? So the first thing is 
people in their organisations pick the wrong person to do their lead generation for them. And they pick them because maybe they're available or they have some spare time or they appear to have the right sort of skills to do the job. Um, So that's the first mistake. You need to pick somebody who is definitely up for this, who understands the size of the task and has the right personal qualities that lend themselves to doing this type of job. That's the first thing. Pick somebody who is capable and able to represent you and to make the right first impression. The second thing is give them all the support they need. So the next most common mistake is that you pick someone to do the lead generation and then you leave them on their own somewhere in the corner of an office, not necessarily part of the whole sales team, and you ask them to day in, day out, just make these cold calls. And that is, with the best one in the world, soul destroying. You need to support them. You need to give them clear guidance. You need to give them as much training as they need. Um, And you need to make them feel part of the wider sales and marketing team. Make sure they've got a sense of purpose. Make sure they feel like they belong. So quite often, you know, I've seen prospectors or people doing lead generation for their organisations. They don't get invited to the, the monthly sales meetings. They're not in the loop on how they're doing against their targets. They don't get any feedback from the sales team about you know what's happened to the leads they've generated you need to make them feel part of the team you need to train them really well and in the first place you need to pick someone who really wants to do the job let's go for an example then you you you're you've you've just got the job and you're ready to start your first calls what are some things you can do to make yourself a cold calling superstar and really stand out okay so um we've talked about you know the um expectations or the preparation and expectations is the other thing firstly be realistic about what you think you can deliver um and going back to if you're managing a prospecting person or a lead generation person you need to give them realistic goals but going back to if i was just starting the job the first thing i need to do is understand what are my goals and what are my targets and what is expected of me the second thing is i need to then prepare thoroughly you know who am i calling what do i know about them what can I expect to happen in this call? Um, in terms of training and support, you need to make sure you have been trained and you have the right skill set. So um, if I'm training somebody and the way I was trained was, you know, every call, you need to have a structure that you use in a cold call. You need to st- start strongly. So have a structure to your call. Know how you're going to open the call. Um, that is something you can prepare in advance. Um, so think about how you're going to introduce yourself, how you're going to introduce your business. Think about your the reason for your call. If, if you imagine all the calls you've received, all the cold calls you've received, what frustrates you most is when you don't really know who's calling you and why they're calling you and what they want. Um, So when you are making that cold call, you need to be prepared and you need to know and make sure you share that information with the person you're calling so they're in the know. It makes it much more likely that they're going to be receptive. Um, Thirdly, be really genuinely interested If you are going to do prospecting calls or cold calls, there's no shortcut to this. You can't fake interest. If you want somebody to engage with you and you're speaking to them for the first time and they have no idea who you are and they weren't expecting you to call, you've got to make sure that A, you are prepared and you can communicate clearly about what you're calling about and who you are. B, you've got to be genuinely interested in them. So 
you know, in future sessions, I know we're going to talk about, you know, the sales skills of cold calling in more detail. But if there's one thing I would say to anyone is that it's more about your prospect, not you. It's not about what you have to sell and your product or your solution or your service. It's about them. It's about what their needs are, what their challenges are and how you can help them. So you've got to be genuinely interested. Um, You've got to remind yourself as we've mentioned before about the value of what you're doing because that will keep you that will sustain you through the hard calls remember how important this role is that you're fulfilling Um, and again we've mentioned it before choose your attitude if you're going to do this you may as well do it and be your best don't just think okay i'm just going to do some cold calling this morning so i've just got to get it out the way you know and then it's done it will not work. You've got to embrace it, you've got to focus on it, and you've got to be genuine and authentic in the call. Be persistent. You're going to have to make many, many calls to get an opportunity. If you get one quickly, you've just got lucky. But to get it consistently, you've got to be persistent and organised. And embrace objections. They're coming your way. People are bound to have questions, queries. There are bound to be obstacles. They are bound to already have probably what you want to sell them they will already have an accountant or the software They're, they will already have something in place you need to anticipate that and embrace it it's part of the sales process you've mentioned a lot of things about you know what you need to have and what you need to learn are there any natural talents you look for in a cold caller is there anything that that you know someone can walk in the door with and you think that can be a good person to, to cold call yes of course there are there are i think one of them is um inquisitiveness and and a hunger to learn and a a natural interest as I say in other people and and in how things work how people work you know why things happen because if we are going to sell as we all know you know if you're if you're a very experienced salesperson let's say you're a very experienced field salesperson or account manager but part of your job now has to be to cold call you will be thinking I don't want to do that and how do I do it? But the fact is, is that there are, there are a huge amount of similarities between sales, per se, and cold calling. They're not completely two separate sciences. You know, so, so in, in terms of your qualities, if you have the qualities you possess as a salesperson, you need those as a cold caller. You need to be inquisitive. You need to be hungry. You need to be competitive. You need to like the idea of influencing people and changing their minds. It needs to come as a thrill to you when you get somebody to say yes. You know, so you you do need to enjoy that competitive element. You do need to enjoy the thought that you can win a debate or a discussion, that you can influence someone and change their mind about something. Um, You need to be able to, you know, you do need resilience, but what does that mean? It just means that you need to be able to keep going when, you know, when when you think, I I don't want to make any more calls, you need to be able to find it in yourself to make a few more, because usually that's when things start to happen. So, So absolutely, you know, inquisitiveness, a genuine interest in others, a, a competitive um, element to your nature. You know, the fact that you thrive with a challenge in front of you. You see that as great fun trying to overcome that challenge. Um, 
And, you know, that ability to be resi- resilient and to, and to keep going because stamina is absolutely critical, you know. But also, the, I think you need the ability to compartmentalise. Today is today. You do what you can. Tomorrow's another day. So some days will be good, some days will be bad. But you have to have that self-belief that if you keep doing the right things, you will get the right results. Well, thanks for listening. If you want to take a further look at how we tackle total sales, then just head over to our website. It's broadly-speaking.com. We're also on Twitter at Broadly. Just search Broadly Speaking on Facebook and LinkedIn to find us there as well. Our podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, to be honest, wherever you really get your podcasts. And you can also download our podcasts early and listen to them offline. Just visit our website. 